This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. Every single person is looking for truth. And when truth is spoken, people will listen. A ruler will have to shout to a bunch of fools to feel like he's in power and he's trusting his abilities. But wisdom whispered in your ear is better than the authority of a shouting fool. And Solomon's going to say, here's how wisdom is illustrated, here's how wisdom should be prioritized, and he says this is how wisdom should be applied. He says, wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. This is how wisdom is applied. The problem in our world today is man is worshipping himself. And sadly in the church we can find ourselves doing the same thing too. We worship our abilities. How many times I've heard Christians say, I'm such a talented guy, I do not know why God's using me. Like, wow. I'm unworthy, man. Like, oh, you're such a talented guy. Wow. I don't know why God's using you. How dare he not use you? It's man just worshipping himself. He's worshipping his talents. I'm preaching, not you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> man refuses to listen to true wisdom, the wisdom that comes from God. One of the proofs that man is worshipping himself, not just in the church, but in the world, is we no longer are living in a society where we can have a dialogue. I mean, that, that message on civil unrest, it was interesting because the people that responded negatively did not want to have a dialogue. You know, they, all they want is they want caps lock, fool shouting loudly, no wisdom. It's just caps lock, let's go. You know, keyboard warriors. They don't want to have a dialogue. Well, tell me why I'm wrong. T -t -t tell me why, why do you feel differently? Where did I miss the mark? I, I'll, I'll listen to you. You know, I listen to understand too. And we're living in a world where wisdom is not applied. Because one sinner destroys much good. Go back to the Garden of Eden and we see the same thing happening all throughout. In the Garden of Eden, they did not want to listen to the counsel of God. They did not want to listen to the wisdom of God. They listened to the serpent instead. And ever since then, man has been worshipping his belly and his thoughts and his emotions and his feelings and his talents and how good he is. And he's been sowing fig leaves out of fig leaves out of fig leaves. And sadly, we as believers, we applaud them and we give them titles and we put them up on stage. Right? But wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. And this is not a new problem. It's as old as time, starts at the Garden of, e Garden of Eden, and it continues on. And that's why even till date, um, because of sin, we continue to trust our talents, we continue to trust our strength, we continue to trust our money, we continue to trust our connections. But those things are a trap in uncertain times. We need wisdom, and this wisdom comes from God. And this wisdom, the Bible tells us, is better than weapons of war. Life is hard. Amen? Amen. Let's admit, life is hard. And it will bring the strongest man to his knees. And it will make the most humble woman yell and scream in pain. But God has given us wisdom to navigate through uncertain times. I want to apply this in a very practical way and we're going to close. My third point. We come to the end of chapter 9. We only have 12 chapters in the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon is purely writing from a perspective of life under the sun. I want to bring you to the perspective of Jesus now. Because he... You can put that slide up, Levi. Because he, Jesus, is the wisdom your uncertain world needs. Listen, th th this is so sacred right now. I almost want to preach this on my knees. Your uncertain world right now. See, all this I said will be great as a TED Talk event. It'll be fine. It'll be good. The world will love it. Be like, that, that's actually wise. That's good wisdom. But, but this is where we separate from the world. 
This is where we separate from just looking at wisdom and not at might, not at talents, and not at abilities, because even the world will agree with me to a certain extent on that. But this is where we separate and we come into the supernatural realm of kingdom living. Because your uncertain world needs Jesus. It doesn't need your talents and your abilities. It doesn't need wisdom from a book. It needs Jesus. And this is how I want to portray this. You see, Solomon talks about how this parable of a poor man in a city. Do you remember that? A poor man in a city, and the city was surrounded by an army, and with his wisdom he saves you. That poor man is Jesus. Because see, Jesus, he came into the world, and Satan was coming against you with all his forces of hell. And Jesus not only protected the city of Jerusalem or Israel, but he protects you and me. Let me give you scripture for this. Jesus was poor, just like this parable of this poor man. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. The Bible tells us that he was homeless. It says in Luke chapter 9, verse 58, But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay. It said it's quite possible that Jesus was a poor man who did his ministry living you know, by the grace of other people who would let them in, who would feed him. And that's why he liked Lazarus' house because he loved the food of Mary and Martha. He's like, make me those rolls, man. He's like, this is great food. And he broke bread and ate it. He was poor. He was homeless. In the world, they wouldn't have looked at him as someone that they should call to a TED Talk and tell us how to make a million dollars. They'd be like, he's a poor carpenter's son who's hanging out with fishermen. He's confused. And yet, he saved the world more than just a city. He said, the Bible says he was wiser than anyone who ever lived. Matthew chapter 12, verse 42, Jesus is talking to a few people and he says, the queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Ecclesiastes, that's, that's whose wisdom we're reading. And he says, and behold, something, or the translation can also be someone greater than Solomon is here, talking about himself. Yes, he was poor. Yes, he was homeless. Yes, he was despised. And yes, no one would have looked at him as someone who were like, hey, let's sit and give me counsel on, you know, these matters. In fact, every time they came to him with a question, they, they tried to trap him. And yet, he was wiser than Solomon, the wisest man who ever walked the earth. And he delivered more than just a small city, he delivered the world. Like I said, Satan was coming against you with the powers of hell. How did he deliver us? He delivered us by something that looked like foolishness at that time. And it still looks like foolishness. Sitting over here, I know that some of you, if your friends that you hang out with at work would see you sitting over here, taking communion, worshipping, they would laugh at your face. The gospel, the way that this poor man saved the world looked like foolishness, but that's wisdom, isn't it? That's wisdom of God. And, and look at this, it's beautiful. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25, it says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. My God is not weak, my God is not a fool, but even if he could be foolish, his foolishness is wiser than the smartest man who ever lived. And it seemed very foolish when he was stripped naked, when he was beaten. It seemed very foolish that he claimed to be the king of the universe. When he sits in front of Pilate and he says, Pilate says, Are you a king? And he says, you say, you say rightly. So he says, so you are a king. He says, listen, man, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my, my servants would fight and I wouldn't be in the state. He seemed foolish. They thought he was a madman. But yet he was the wisest of anyone who had ever lived. And what he did seemed very foolish to the world and continues to seem foolish. But for those who are being saved, the Bible says it's the power of God. The Bible even identifies Jesus as the very wisdom of God. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, and because of him, who? Jesus, because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom of God. 
He became to us the wisdom of God. He became to you and me the wisdom of God. This Jesus that you have a relationship with, he became the wisdom of God. You and I have access to the wisdom of God on this life. As you live through uncertain times, you don't have to rely on your talents. You don't have to rely on your abilities. You don't have to run after kissing up someone whom you think can get you out of a rut. You can go to Jesus because he is the wisdom of God. Righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Not in his talents, not in his abilities, not in his good looks, not in how fast he can run and not how far he can run, how strong he is and what his bank balance is, but let him boast in God because God has now become our wisdom. This wisdom, uh, beautifully, is yours for the asking. Isn't that beautiful? It's just yours for the asking. See, if God had to make you jump through hoops to get this wisdom, then it really wouldn't be a free gift. But salvation is a free gift from God and it's yours for the asking. It says in James chapter 1, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Pause right over there. You know, some of you, you're walking through some uncertain times and you're trying to navigate it the best you can based on what other people are doing, based on what your friends are saying, based on what you think is right. You need to go to Jesus. You need to go to him and say, God, you need to help me with this. How do I navigate through this? And it says that God will give you the wisdom. It says, let him ask in faith. Don't ask doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. Ask in faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's hope and conviction. It's confidence knowing that God will give, that God will speak, and then it's waiting on Him to, to listen to Him and not leaving and not leaving, going away from His presence knowing that He will talk. Don't be like a wave tossed by the wind. The wise man was forgotten. The wise man was forgotten in the parable. And sadly, Jesus is forgotten too. I want to ask you a question, church. Have you forgotten Jesus? No, 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 don't answer it out loud. Please don't. No, this is a sacred space now. It's quite possible that in your uncertain times you've forgotten him. It's possible that you come to church regularly, that you read your Bible regularly, but in those uncertain times it's possible you've forgotten him like the poor man. He saved you once, but you've forgotten him. You're not going to him for salvation. You're going to everybody else. You're listening to this podcast and that podcast. You're reading books, but you've never really heard his voice. You know what the word says, but you don't know what his voice sounds like. Don't be a lost sheep. Listen, Christians, it's okay for you to be discouraged. It's not an oxymoron to be a discouraged Christian. But when you live in discouragement, it gives them to despair. And despair will re- lead to, to absolute, utter depression. And that's wrong for a believer. And that happens when you're trusting your abilities and your strengths and not Jesus Christ. The poor man was forgotten and so is Jesus. Jesus is forgotten in our personal lives. Jesus is forgotten in our families. And Jesus is forgotten in our church. And sadly, churches are just little concert halls. Let's not forget Jesus in this. Continue, continue with this. The book of Proverbs says, do not reject this invitation. Do not reject this invitation to come to him. To come to him in certain times and in uncertain times. Come to him. It says in Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Please don't go back home a fool. The world will continue to reject the invitation, but godly people will embrace the fear of God. Godly people will sit in his presence and say, God, I need your wisdom. Talk to me. Please, Lord, give me wisdom in this. Confirm this, confirm this decision that I'm making, Lord. And understanding being acted upon. Discernment of knowing what to do in that situation. Understanding of how to do it. And then when your feet start to move in acting according to the discernment and understanding, that's wisdom. And that's what you need for those of you that raised your hands. You need discernment and understanding and then the courage and the power and the strength to live and walk it out. That is the sermon in a nutshell. Would you please stand and I want to pray for you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Life 
is full of ups and downs. But that's what makes life life. A dead man doesn't have ups and downs. Life is full of ups and downs. But God knows those ups and he knows those downs. He's the same God in the mountains. He's the same God in the valley. His promises are still true. His power is still relevant. And his truth will always continue to set you free. So my king, I pray in faith now, Lord, for all the answered prayers in this room. I pray in faith now for all the answers. As, as those hands went up of acknowledging, I am in an uncertain time, man. I don't know what to do. I pray for discernment, O oh Lord. I pray for godly discernment that does not come from man's knowledge, but from you, from your throne room of grace. And then I pray for understanding and how to deal with the situation. Not just discernment to, 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 to be able to unpack what is happening, but then understanding to know how to go about, how to navigate through this. And then the strength and the courage to act it out, to live it out. That our feet will move. That our mouth will open and we will speak. That our hands will serve. Father, I pray for some of the difficult conversations that we're going to have based on the uncertain times that we're walking in. The decisions that had to be made because of the uncertain times that we're in. God, I pray that every single person that has and nav has to navigate through these uncertain times will experience the power of your Holy Spirit. Your nail-pierced hands that will guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. And I pray what Paul was praying for the Ephesian church over your body, over your children now, O oh Lord, that you, my King, that you, my King Jesus, the Father of glory, will give them the spirit of wisdom now and revelation in the knowledge of you, Jesus, in the knowledge of you, not apart from you, but in the knowledge of you, that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and understanding and revelation, that you will roll away, Gilgal, that you would roll away, roll away the doubt, roll away the, the, the misunderstanding, roll away the shame and bring revelation in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you didn't save us to be so heavenly minded and no earthly good, but even here on this earth, thank you that you give us wisdom to deal with situations and uncertain times. And now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the beautiful fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide on each and every one of you, especially those of you walking in those uncertain times. May he guide your feet. May his word be a lamp unto your path. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Join us this Sunday at the Living Church Boise. Service and address can be found on our website, www.thelivingchurchboise.com. Visit our website for service time and address. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.